0: Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your Holy Spirit being with us this morning. We thank you for, well, we thank you for anointing and gifting songwriters that would produce lyrics that we could sing corporately, giving honor and glory to your name. And as we have sung today, that we could magnify you and we could glorify you together. And so we're honored to be able to gather together in this room to corporately worship you and honor you. And so we do the same thing when we look at your scriptures. We focus on you. We focus on what you've done and what you're doing. So Lord, as we open up the word of God today, I pray that, uh, that it would have life to us. It would, it would be living. And you would speak to each one of us, and you might ignite something inside of us today by the power and the presence of your Spirit. I pray today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Going back to um, October the 1st, I began what I did not intend to be a series, but it's sort of kind of a informally developed that way but i think the title of that message was living stones and we've done several messages since then if so if you're looking for to catch up or you've missed a bunch of those messages you can go back again as we always say uh facebook page youtube channel or on the uh uh, the itunes podcast the audio only and catch up with those messages um and I thought last week was was going to wrap that up, but it occurred to me that we needed one more session to really put a... It's kind of really an overview and kind of um, a follow-up to what we've been talking about. I've, I've entitled today's message, The Power and Equipping of the Church. By the way, how many of you saw that title on Facebook this week? Well, that's good news because y'all are not on Facebook all the time. But anyway, we do... <laughs> We do post every week, most every week, we post a picture on our Abundant Life Church Facebook page. Anita does that. See, there's, there's uh, of, of the title of the coming week. And if we have a guest speaker and they give me a title, we'll have a picture as theirs too. Sometimes they don't. Um, we, you know, starting October 1st and, and following messages, we have covered uh, the kingdom of God coming to the earth. And being inaugurated by Jesus. And we think this is the central message of our mission. It was his central message. He said it several times that he came to preach the gospel of the kingdom of God. And so we've talked about that kingdom coming and Jesus being the one who inaugurated the kingdom being in the earth. And then he said he would build his church. And of course we understand that his church. Uh, let me just say it this way. The church is not the kingdom of God. The church serves the kingdom of God. And so we understand that the church we uh, we uh inherit the mission of Jesus Christ in the earth to continue what he inaugurated upon his ascension. He said he would build his church and the gates of hell would not prevail. Now, that can be described. Gates of hell is like a place of where the leaders would meet the gates were, not the gates of hell. But anyway, you could describe the gates of hell there this way. The evil designs planned by the powers of hell to overthrow the church, they would not prevail. Now, let me, let me just let you know, and this is not going to be a secret, and you already know this, but the evil powers by, of the devil and of hell are attempting to prevail over the church. And they will until the consummation of the kingdom of God. But Jesus said, they, everybody say, will not. Will not not prevail. I have my own concerns about the modern day church. I have my own concerns about the application and the expression that we see in certain corners of the church. I do not have a concern about the church of Jesus Christ. Because the gates of hell will not prevail over what Jesus is doing. And so we've inherited this mission of the kingdom of God. He is still building his church by putting living stones together. And these living stones, which are you and me and every other follower of Jesus Christ, who is breathing the air of God and and the DNA of God is flowing in the fabric of our being. He's putting us together to be a dwelling place for God. to A place for God to inhabit his praises. And as living stones that are being built and joined together, we are taught, we spent three Sundays on this, we're taught on how we can overcome evil, With good by extending good to our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. We're taught how we can get along, how we can demonstrate the love of God so that the world will know we're His disciples. So we come today with this question, by what shall this collective of saints function? And what energy or impetus shall cause the church to continue the mission started by Jesus the King. You can put people together. You can, you can birth people into the kingdom of God. You can birth people from above and you can put them together. But what is going to be the impetus and the uh, the power, so to speak, the energy to cause this collective of saints To advance the kingdom of God in the earth. Because you and I both know we do not have that ability inherent in us without some visitation from God. Well, Jesus tells us that in Acts chapter 1. If you turn to Acts chapter 1, we're going to just read the first 11 verses. And if you would stand while we read these verses, Um, obviously Dr. Luke is writing this to someone named Theophilus. So in the first book, O Theophilus, the first book was the Gospel of Luke, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs. Telemarketers calling me. You think I ought to answer it? I don't want to say bad words in church. Okay. (laughs) He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. Y'all know what that is, don't you? None your business. He said, it is not for you to know times or seasons that the Father has fixed by his own authority. But here's the important part. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth The provision of Christ for his church. Jesus would not build a church. He would not begin the building of a church. He would not assemble a collective of saints unless he had a provision in mind upon his departure. Some time ago, I wrote several issues of the kernels of truth. And I think it was also several years ago, I did several messages on John 17. If you read John seventeen carefully you will see uh, him basically saying, This is what I've done, I'm leaving, and now I'm leaving it with them. And of course he did it in the hearing of the disciples. They could hear everything that he was saying and praying. But he, he he uh provided for us, he continues to provide for us, and he says in he says, I will ask the Father, and he will send the helper. Now notice, I just happened, this is just a side note, but it's a gr- really good side note. Notice in that, in that statement that Jesus said, I will ask the Father and He will send the Helper. Notice what I have italicized. I, which is Jesus the Son, the Father, and the Helper, which is the Holy Spirit. There's your Trinity, folks, right there in that one statement. And so He's basically saying, Godhead three in one is going to provide for you. I will send you a helper. Some of your versions there will say comforter. And then he said this statement. He said, I'll send you another helper, indicating they already had a helper. Who was their helper? Jesus Christ. He was their helper, but he was leaving. He was leaving, going back to heaven to assume his rightful place at the right hand of the Father. But I'll send you another helper. And here's what we really like about that. He will be with you forever. Forever. I'm leaving, physically speaking, I'm living, going to heaven. But I'm sending the Holy Spirit. I'm going to ask the Father to send the Holy Spirit. And he'll be with you forever. You ain't got to worry about him leaving. And then he makes this statement later on in he says i will send him to you I don't have to beat this dead horse but we we want to emphasize that he said him and not it we want to remember that the Holy Spirit is God it's not just some junior member of the Godhead but he's God and and by the way you can find in John 14 and John 16 is when Jesus begins to introduce this concept of of sending a helper and a comforter uh to us but so he instructs his disciples and he says stay by the way we know there was 120 so it was more than just the 12 stay in the city until you are clothed there's an operative word there with power from on high we need uh, we need something beyond ourselves we need something beyond our own abilities and he said, if you'll stay where I tell you to stay, you will be clothed, you will be covered, you will be immersed with power from on high. And that Holy Spirit in His power will teach you. He will guide you in all the truth. He will remind you. He will, some of us need some help with that, don't we? He will remind you. He will empower you. This is the Holy, the work of the Holy Spirit. It's not the summation. Or it's not exhaustive of what Holy Spirit does in our lives, but that's what He said in John 16. And then we find near the end of the Gospel of John, these disciples are gathered together with Jesus and He says this to them. He says, and it, the scripture says this, He breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. It was at this time that these disciples received the indwelling of the Holy Spirit and they became converted. They received the Holy Spirit. And then we read, we're not going to read the whole passage, but just a little while later, Acts chapter 2 verse 4, it says this. Same group of people, by the way, with with some additional folks. And they were all, everybody say all. all, and we know what all means, it means all they were all filled with the Holy spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the spirit gave them utterance. Now, sometimes when we read this verse, people never see the line that they were filled with the Holy spirit because immediately they gravitate to, Oh, but they began to speak with other tongues. Whoo, Lord help me. We had some friends one time that were that, uh, I think they came here to visit one time and sat about where Terry and Lisa are sitting. And uh, afterwards they said, we didn't know y'all believed in speaking in tongues. We're out of here. That scares me to death. And I just want to say to you, don't miss the part of this verse where it says they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Now we believe in speaking in tongues. Man, I, you know, Paul said I would that you all spoke in tongues, and I do too. I wish every person in the sound of my voice prayed in the spirit. And if you don't, ask God to give you your prayer language, and He'll do it. Yeah. He won't give you a stone or, or a snake; He'll give you the Holy Spirit. Another message for another day. But they were filled with the Holy Spirit, and He gave them the ability to speak in other tongues, as the Spirit gave them vocabularies—a better word there. So, receive the Holy Spirit, indwelling, salvation, and now, filled with the Holy Spirit, now we got power. He said, when that Holy Spirit comes upon you, when you're clothed in the Holy Spirit, you're gonna receive power. Now, sometimes we charismatics and Pentecostals, we, we say power a certain way, you know, and, and we think of power as, as, uh, well, I don't know what we think of it as, but we communi- <laughs> We communicate it sometimes that it just scares people to death because we act like, well, when I say we act like goobers, I'm not talking about the Andy Griffith show, (laughs) believe it or not. But the power of God, let's just say it this way. My top, my point number two is the impetus of the church. I was trying to think of a word How many of you know if you use words so many times they lose their meaning to us? We just go, yeah. You know, y'all went and got coffee a while ago. Last week some people were saying, I apologize for dozing on your message. And I said, you know what? You probably needed the rest and I'm glad I could help. (laughs) And sometimes we do that with words that we're familiar with. So I wanted to look at the impetus of the church. Impetus is a word that means a moving force. It's a word that means force of motion. So what we need in the church is we need something that is a moving force in our lives. We need something, or better, better yet, someone who is a force of motion in our lives. Someone who causes us to move into the right direction. You could also say that it's an inherent ability to carry out some function. W.E. Vines' uh, expository dictionary uh, says it this way, the ability requisite for meeting difficulties and for the fulfillment of the service committed to us. It gives us what we need to complete the mission. It gives us the moving force. It gives us the force of motion to complete the task that God has given us. And of course, Acts ten thirty eight gives us a really cl- a cool statement, and you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth. Watch, with the Holy Spirit, and with power, with impetus. You say, well, Jesus was God. He didn't need that. No, but he got it anyway. Why did he get it? Well, there's two reasons. One, he chose to come to earth. He emptied himself. He laid aside his privileges. He didn't lay aside his deity. He was just as much God when he was on the earth as he was when he was in heaven. But he said, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to function like y'all function. So God sends the Holy Spirit and with power. There's more than one reference. There's several references to Jesus operating by the power of the Holy Spirit. And this is one this is just as clear as you can get that God anointed him with, with the Holy Spirit and with power. He had the impetus that he needed. And the other reason that he did that, of course, was to set the example for you and me. How are we going to operate? When God gives us the Holy Spirit and anoints us with power. The church in that it re- receives in Acts 1 8 the impetus to be his witnesses. The church receives the impetus, and of course. Uh, if you've been around very long at all, you've heard people talk about the word there, dunamis. And, you know, <laughs> for years, and people still do talk about, you know, that's where we get our word dynamite. And they say, okay, the Holy Spirit's going to blow me up then. I mean, <sighs> but it, <laughs> it's really just, it's really just gives us the ability in the, in the context of verse 8 to speak with boldness. To speak with the ability to say what now boldness by the way is not rudeness. Right. We think to be bold, we got to be rude. you don't have to be. you know you can you can uh, did I do a video this week on Colossians four on having your speech seasoned with grace? Of course none of you watched it, so uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> acts four thirty three says it this way and with great power. Great impetus, great dunamis, the apostles were giving their testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. How were they giving their testimony? With great power, with great impetus. Now, these were the apostles. Now, we know that the original 12 apostles were not anything to write home about. I mean, they were a motley crew. I mean, you got two guys... Begging to sit at the right hand of Jesus and they send their mama to ask. And you got another guy stealing from the, from the till. And you got another guy who, who, uh, can't stop uh, swearing and he slices the guy's ear off because he missed. I mean, these are, these are your up and coming apostles. But God gave them the power, the ability, the impetus to be his witnesses. First Thessalonians says our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit. And then Mark 13, Jesus said this. When they arrest you. <laughs> hey, wouldn't, wouldn't you have loved to be standing there that day? And Jesus said when they arrest you. Did you not? Didn't you mean to say if? No, he said when they arrest you and hand you over. Do not be anxious. That's easy for you to say. Of course, they didn't know where he was headed beforehand. What you are to say, but say whatever is given you in that hour for it is not you who speak. But the Holy Spirit. And I want to tell you, you say, well, I don't know what to say to people. Well, just ask God. We don't do enough of just, just ask God, God, give me the words. God, what you want me to say? Every time I sit down with someone in a counseling session, I say, Lord, you got to give me the words to say because I don't have them. you got to give me the wisdom because I don't have it. Every time he comes through. Right. Every time. Ask God. And then we talk about the equipping of the church. It's a complete furnishing of that which is needed for our mission. We have the impetus by the power and the visitation of the Holy Spirit. And we have the equipping that furnishes us or equips us for what we need to do. This always starts and ends with the equipping scriptures. It starts with the scriptures because that's where we need to go. It ends with the scriptures so that we can make sure that what we're doing and saying and thinking we're doing lines up with the scriptures. Of course, the verse that we all quote, and it's a good verse to quote, is 2 Timothy. All Scripture. Everybody say all Scripture. All All scripture. Scripture is breathed out by God. Or some of your versions will say inspired by God. That the man of God, and let me just pause right there. The word man in that verse is the word anthropos. How many of you know what the study of anthropology is? You haven't been watching that video either, have you? It's the study of humanity. It's the study of humans. What's my point? It's not male and female. It's just humans. So we'll give a Granger translation. All scriptures breathed out by God that the humanity may be competent and equipped for every good work. You're not going to be equipped for the mission without the scriptures. Now I'll hasten to add, you're not going to gain from the scriptures without the Holy Spirit. Because anybody can read the scriptures. The devil qu- quotes the scriptures. I can guarantee you the devil's not operating by the Holy Spirit. This right. <laughs> has nothing to do with this, but I heard a guy last week, a pastor, he was saying, you know, everybody's saying that a healthy church, a, ch- a church ought to grow. He said, yeah, church should grow. He said, but cancer grows too. <laughs> I don't know what he meant, but anyway. <laughs> The scriptures that are God breathed equip us and make us competent for every good work. Now the word there equipped, and you might have heard me say this before. It's a the the Greek word that that uh, Paul writes to Timothy is a word that describes a, a wagon, the use of a wagon or a rescue boat, which was completely outfitted for rescue. You know, there's someone stranded on out in, in where we grew up on the Gulf of Mexico. And so someone needs to go rescue them. And so you get a rescue boat and you say, well, here's what we need. We need this. We need some food. We need some water. We need some blankets. You get everything you need to rescue those folks and you put it in that boat and you take off. The scriptures give you everything you need by the work of the Holy Spirit to go rescue people from the... the uh, Bondage of sin. Well, you should have got excited about that. Remember what I said earlier? He, the Holy Spirit, will guide you into all truth. If you'll study the scriptures not to become a, a spiritual egghead, but if you'll study the scriptures asking the Holy Spirit to teach you all truth, and guide you in all truth, you will be surprised at what God does in you and through you. Now, if you just want to impress somebody by quoting scriptures to them, that's not a bad thing, but this is better. And the Holy Spirit, when we talk about equipping us, the Holy Spirit manifests himself through the gifts to the body of Christ. And we need the gifts. We need the, We need what the Holy Spirit gives us. So here we are, you know, a bunch of. It's a. We've got a, a supernatural mission. When you think about uh, going into the kingdom of darkness and rescuing souls from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. That is a supernatural mission. There's no no amount of education that any of us can gain that will allow us to do that. Now, education will help you in that, but it's not going to allow you to do it, except that you have some kind of a supernatural help. It's a supernatural mission, but we have natural ability. Something's got to give. Well, it is. It's the Holy Spirit who gives. And gives us a supernatural ability. Now, supernatural does not have to be spooky. It does not have to be spectacular. It does not have to be weird. I know y'all don't know anybody weird, but I know people who are weird (laughs) under the name of the Holy Spirit. I mean, a guy told me one time when I was a teenager, he said, Man, I was in church last night, and the Holy Spirit grabbed me and threw me against the wall. (laughs) I thought, Well, I hope I never meet that spirit. And I, it probably was a spirit that threw him against the wall, but it wasn't holy. That's not, we don't have to be weird. It's, it's ability. It's impetus. It's, it's a taking one foot, putting it in front of the other. It's the, it's the operation of the gifts by the spirit and through the spirit. Y'all get that. Uh, I, I'm not going to cover these. Uh, I think in 2018 or something, I did a whole series on the gifts of the spirit. And we started with what we call leadership gifts, which is in Ephesians 4, apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher that God gives to the church. And this, these five, some people call them five-fold ministry, their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. I think we have long since gotten beyond the idea that the apostles and the prophets and the evangelists and the pastors and the teachers do all the work. I, I think we're long past that. that. That those five ministries are to equip the saints for the work. Um, and I've said this several times, and it's absolutely true. There is far more people doing the work of the kingdom and doing the work of God out in the world, far more people doing it, That are not clergy. A small minority of people uh, that are clergy are doing the work of the ministry. And by the way, we are called, I'm I'm a pastor and maybe other things you won't call me, but uh, I, I do the work of the ministry too, but we all need to be equipped. And God gives us these leadership gifts. And some have, you know, some other gifts, some have labeled them functioning gifts. There are, this is not an exhaustive list, but you'll find this, I think, in Romans 12. But anyway, serving, teaching, encouraging, generous contribution. Did you know giving of your finances can be a gift of the Holy Spirit? Leadership, acts of mercy, and there are others, but you see where that's headed. And these are what we call functioning gifts and, and they're, by the way, they're the Holy Spirit. They're just as much the Holy Spirit as the gift of healing. I know this is not as spectacular and I know we're not going to get on TBN. Of course, they're never going to let me on there anyway, but, but they're, but they're the, they're, they're the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. I'm going to come back to that. I've said it several times. And then there's what we call the dynamic gifts, the ones that everybody's after. Uh, word of wisdom, word of knowledge, gift of faith, gift of gifts of healing, working of miracles, prophecy, distinguishing between spirits, various kinds of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. Now, these gifts should operate in the church, but I want to tell you that I don't think God gave them to us just so we can impress one another in a meeting. I think God gave us these gifts if you're out in the community and you meet somebody at Kroger's and you start talking to them, my son's this and that, and God gives you a word of wisdom that you would not have normally had. Or, better yet, God shows you something about them, and we call it a word of knowledge that they had. Where did that come from? It came from the Holy Spirit. And you need the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us to function. We need that. We need the ability. Now, here's the key to that, Romans, I mean, 1 Corinthians 12, 11, All these are, and now when, I, when I say all these, I mean all the gifts, not just these nine. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit, capital S, who apportions to each one individually? Here's your three words: as He wills. Now I dealt with this when we talked on the gifts, but but especially these nine dynamic gifts, I don't think people walk around. You know, hey, he's got the gift of healing. He, she's got the gift of prophecy. I mean, that's there's some of that that works, and God uses people in areas more than He does others. But the Holy Spirit apportions these as He wills. As you need to be able to distinguish between spirits as you're dealing with someone, the Holy Spirit will give you the ability to do that. He will give you the impetus to do that. You said, well, how can I get it? Ask God. I mean, Sean was talking about earlier. God's he likes it when we, he said, seek me and you will find me. How about that for a promise and an invitation? And, of course, the verse in Corinthians says this, and I've said it several times. I'm going to say it one more time. All the gifts. Everybody say all. All All the gifts are the manifestation of the Holy Spirit for the common good. All the gifts are the Holy Spirit manifesting himself to you and through you. And so whatever gift that you might find. By the way, the function gifts, I think, are different. I think that people have. People have a gift of encouragement and that's their gift and they've got it all the time. And I think the gift of mercy and so forth, I think that you have those and I, you know, people, I know people, when we read that list, you say, well, yeah, that person's an encourager or that person is a, a servant. That person, you serving drips off of that person. And that even then that is the Holy Spirit manifesting himself through that person because let's face it as as reprobates, which we're not anymore, but we once were, we would not naturally want to serve our brother and sister. We would not naturally want to be merciful to people. We certainly wouldn't naturally want to give our money away. See, I mean, you know, if you want to get people stirred up in the church and not in the church, start talking about their pocketbook or their checkbook. I mean, you know. I got a book back there, a little green book on tithing. Anyway, see, somebody said, well, yes, all you want to talk about is money. Yeah, you can count on one hand how many times you ever talked, heard me talk about money. Maybe we'll get to two hands. (laughs) Watch this. Again, this is Jesus reading from Isaiah 61. Of himself, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me upon me after the holy spirit comes upon you you receive impetus ability spirit of the lord is upon me because he has anointed me to proclaim and i know, I know my wife's thinking that me is not capitalized and i have to get that straightened out he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor he has sent me to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. The Spirit of the Lord was upon Jesus, is upon Jesus, to, to pr- preach the gospel, the good news. And here's what we need to remember. And also his church. The Spirit of the Lord is upon his church. Because what? He's the head. The church is his body. And the Spirit of the Lord is upon us to preach the gospel, to share the good news, to extend the kingdom of God one person at a time to those around us. You don't have to be a scholar. You don't have to be a theologian. You don't even have to have a bunch of scripture memorized. All of that's good, but you don't have to have that to be able to tell somebody where the food is. A hungry, a hungry person telling somebody else where the food is. A thirsty person telling someone else where the water is. That's what you know. It's like the blind guy. I don't know about all that stuff you're trying to say about that guy. All the things you accuse him of. only thing I know is I was blind and now I can see. And that's that's really all you need. But you can't even do that without the impetus of the Holy Spirit, because it'll fall on deaf ears and it'll fall to the ground like lead words, L-E-A-D words. And then Paul finishes up uh, his letter to the Second Corinthians this way. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Grace of the Lord Jesus, love of God, Fellowship of the Holy Spirit. We call that a Trinitarian and we I think it's the only Trinitarian benediction in the scriptures of Apostle Paul. By the grace that we experience through Jesus, we know the love of God. John three sixteen, for God so loved that he gave. We experience grace through Jesus and we know the love of God and our communion or our fellowship. With God and God's people is given by the Holy Spirit. Given by the that was by the way I thought I had a slide, but that's Second Corinthians thirteen fourteen. We see the entirety of what God's doing with us in that verse, and of course, once again, we see the Trinity in that verse. We see the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. As we as we give ourselves to the mission of God. And by the way, nobody has to do it all. By the way, no one can do it all. And you look around and it's easy to get intimidated when you hear what people are doing for Christ. It's easy to say, well, man, my little old peanut contribution can't mean a thing. I want to tell you that it means a lot. It means a lot. Ask God to give you the words. Ask God to continually fill you with the Holy Spirit. Ask God to continually endue you with power from on high, to give you that impetus. Ask God in every circumstance that you find yourself, ask God to give you the ability and the words to say and the thing to do. And he will. He will. I promise you. And we can, we can go out into the culture and we can engage with those who are not part of God's kingdom, who are not part of the church, who have not been born from above by the Spirit of God. We can go out into culture, engage with those people and see people come from that kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. We can do it. You can do it. I know you believe that. Stand with me.